1969 is the year a magazine was born that would rattle the foundations of music journalism. Cream was founded by Barry Kramer and counts rock legend Lester Bangs as one of its founding writers. That magazine challenged accepted traditions of writing about music and interviewing rock's biggest stars. It is also credited with helping to change rock music with how it brought artists like Alice Cooper and MC5 to national attention. So last year, you may remember the documentary Boy Howdy premiered at the Freep Film Festival, but a new revisioning of that film is being released on Friday online. It is produced by J.J. Kramer, Barry Kramer's son, directed by Scott Crawford, and co-written by original Cream writer Jan Yehelski. Detroit's alt-weekly, the Metro Times is presenting the digital release of the film and writer Geraldine Jordan joins us live in the studio along with Culture Shift's Amanda LeClaire. Hey, thanks so much, Rob. Welcome Happy both. Wednesday afternoon to you. That's right. Cream was the magazine that pushed many, many boundaries and doing it all with this unflinching and uh, original sense of humor, uh, really something that I think could only come from a city like Detroit. So now Geraldine's written this brilliant cover story in this week's Metro Times exploring the magazine's founding, its wild cult-like popularity through the 70s and its eventual end uh, in Birmingham in 1989. So, Daryl, welcome to Culture Shift, by the way. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming in studio. So, you set out in this piece to call out some of these myths uh, surrounding the inner workings of Cream and its beginning. So, take us back to, to that beginning, to 1969, Detroit's Cast Corridor, and set the scene for us who these major players were and how it all started. Well, it all started with Barry Kramer, who is sort of the heart and soul of the documentary that comes out on Friday. And he was known for being a capitalist and being kind of a master manipulator. Uh, and he actually ran a head shop uh, and record store in the Cass Corridor. And that's sort of where Cream was born. Uh, founding editor Tony Ray actually came up with the name Cream, uh, a nod to his favorite band, Cream, uh, and a middle finger to Rolling Stone magazine, which uh, was frequently found to be Cream's rival publication, uh, but they really weren't doing the same things at all. Uh, while Cream uh, was focused on punk, I mean, Rolling Stone wouldn't touch punk. Uh, they wouldn't touch Iggy. They wouldn't touch the MC5 in the same way. They were pushing, like, James Taylor and, like, 1960s psychedelia. And so you can imagine what it was like in 1969 in the Cass Corridor down the street from uh, Wayne State's campus. Um, you've got some of these major players. Lester Bangs would eventually leave Rolling Stone. He was a contributor and he was canned for being disrespectful in his reviews, uh, <laughs> which made him the perfect candidate for a place like Cream, where truth telling was kind of their bread and butter in terms of music coverage and culture coverage. Um, and it's, it sounds like to me, now I'm too young to have experienced it firsthand, which made the story very exciting and kind of a dream come true for a rock writer, um, uh, and especially a female, where, I mean, Cream was a breeding ground for all of these trailblazing women who wrote, you know, there wasn't a place for them in rock journalism, and rock journalism didn't really exist. It didn't have its footing. So to be able to put myself there and talk to Jan and JJ and um, the director, Scott uh, Crawford, who, like so many people in the documentary, discovered Cream while, like, unattended by their parents at a magazine stand in a grocery store. And they were like, wow, what is this? 
you know. Um, and yeah, there were drugs. There were sleepless nights. There was, you know, I think in the beginning they made like five bucks a week. Um, and sometimes Barry would just straight up lie and say, nah, payroll's not we don't have it in the budget to pay you. Um, but what really brought this ragtag team of misfits, um, I mean, and I don't think anyone even had a college degree, which is pretty fascinating to me. Uh, in fact, Jan tells this great story about how she tried applying for uh, a position at Wayne State's newspaper. And because she didn't have any credentials, they're like, maybe you should walk down the street and try a cream. I hear it doesn't matter there. So that to me really sets the tone for... Uh, the middle finger that cream gave to count, you know, I mean, they were the resource for counterculture and, um, this was a awesome ride. Yeah. And you got to talk to Jan Yuhelski, uh, I guess he said one of the founding writers of cream and that world at that time, I mean, rock music in general was not a pleasant place to be a woman. Right. You know? Exactly. And you know what? She, she tells me that she didn't really experience sexism within the cream offices or with her writing cohorts. That's not where that existed. Um, she, she jokes that Barry was like an equal opportunity uh, uh, abuser in that he just worked them all really hard for not a lot of pay. But she experienced it out in the rock world where people just thought she was a, a groupie in tight pants with a tape recorder. Um, but she was far from that. So she used that... The fact that she's often uh, underestimated as her like her in, and that really is how I've got to where I was. So uh, talking to her was an absolute dream come true. One of her stories, if I if I can share, please. Yeah. Um, she is the first and only rock journalist to perform as a temporary member of Kiss. Um, she wrote this amazing story about uh, weaseling her way. Onto stage with Kiss, she got the full makeup. Jean and Paul, they're all fussing with her makeup. Which Who's she going to look like? And she was kind of a hybrid of all of them. <laughs> she got there in the platforms and jumping around stage, and that was a story for Cream, and that was a breakthrough for her because at the time, it was the time of me journalism. That's when you, the writers, were as important as the, the rock stars they were reporting on. And to me, that's what the Cream documentary really hones in on is that it's bigger than music. It's a lot about the writers and, and the, the humble beginnings of rock journalism. And one of those writers, Lester Bangs, as we mentioned, who uh, was fired from Rolling Stone, hired at Cream. He was, uh, he was not very happy with Cream either. He had a lot of criticism about the magazine itself and uh, was just, uh, uh, you have this story in there that Jan tells about how he would make the entire cream staff go interview Lou Reed? Oh, yeah. So they would, I mean, <laughs> what I love about, there was a lot of dysfunction at cream, and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. They operated kind of as one moving part. They went to shows together. Uh, Jan jokes that, you know, looking back, like, were we a cult? <laughs> like, uh, this isn't normal. Uh, but they would, yes, for some reason, uh, Lester wanted everybody there, and and Lou, if you if you're uh, not aware, Lou and Lester had a very contentious relationship. But the thing is, Lester was a fan. He loved the Velvet Underground, worshipped at its feet, but was very critical of his idols. And and I think one of the things he instilled and brought to Cream was, you know, rock stars are never your friends, which is something that is, uh, you know, immortalized in Almost Famous and his depiction by uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, where he's, you know, tells the kid, like, don't become friends with these people. So I love Cream for the, the fact that they would separate the fandom from the truth. Um, and they did not shy away from 
tearing down the pedestal in which these rock stars, you know, stood upon. Yeah, I love that. And again, we're talking to Daryl and Jordan from the Metro Times. She's written a cover story about the uh, the beginnings, the lifespan, and the end of the magazine Cream, founded here in Detroit in 1969. There is a revisioning of the Boy Howdy documentary that is being released digitally this Friday, online. Obviously, digitally, Rob. Right. I want to get you in on this. You did read cream. We have mag. We have I did. copies of I cream have a here. Stack here. Oh my, you <laughs> We've got the Bowie copy. Yeah, look at. Yeah, these are so awesome. So yeah, I'll tell you what. Actually, because I'm not as old as you think I am, but I'll tell you this. So uh, at this point, well, so, yeah, December 1975. I am holding in my hand America's only rock and roll magazine, Cream Magazine. So at this point. The only place that I would ever encounter this, you didn't see it really even at the, like the mainstream record stores. You saw it in the head shops. And it's mm-hmm. really interesting you mentioned that because at that point, my friends and I were young teens and we were sneaking into head shops where we weren't supposed to exactly. be. And we would see this thing and this magazine meant danger. <laughs> this was dangerous. You could pick up, a, you, you could go and get a Billboard magazine, or, or not a Billboard, but Rolling, Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone, yeah. And actually some places you could, you could get Billboard as well. I think at the Blue Front in Ann Arbor, you could probably get Billboard. But those weren't dangerous. This was dangerous. The, you know, the photography was dangerous. The headlines were dangerous. It was like something that you shouldn't be doing, which of course meant it was everything we wanted <laughs> to be doing. The coolest thing on <laughs> earth. The coolest thing on earth. Uh, yeah. Jeff Daniels is uh, featured in the documentary, and he has a great line about how Cream and Playboy were kind of the same in that you didn't want your parents to find out you had either one. Um, right. And totally right. I feel that way about Cream even now, looking back, like you couldn't get away with a lot of what they're saying now, which makes Cream such a special moment in time. Yeah, you talked to J.J. Kramer, uh, who is the producer of this revisioning of Boy Howdy that's coming out this Friday. So when we talk about the history of the magazine, it has to be noted that it wasn't, definitely was not always politically correct. And they're, no. not, they're not hiding that. No, it was sexist. I mean, uh, one of the writers uh, critiqued the uh, debut of The Runaways, and I can't even say what he said on air, but... Uh, he skewered them and called them some nasty names. And Joan Jett of the Runaways even ended up writing in the uh, sent a letter into the mail section, threatening them. You know, and so there, there, half the time the women staffers were writing these captions and these you know, off color comments. And JJ was had a great point. He's like, you know, so many places are scrubbing these histories. Um, but he feels that Cream should own up to it because it was such a vital part of what set Cream apart mm-hmm. from the other publications in terms of presenting this like open door to this counterculture. Um, and you know, everyone agrees that it couldn't necessarily exist in the same fashion today. But it would be cool to see what that would look like. But I, I thought it was, you know, and the women like Susan Whitehall, she was uh, an editor and a writer there, um, and she, you know. They even say, yeah, we wrote some of them. We're not proud. But you know what? It was the 70s. Yeah. Things were a lot different. So we got to sort of recognize that when you're dealing with something as sensitive as those, you know. Did there become a kind of a hierarchy like that artists wanted to really be featured in Cream rather than, say, Rolling Stone? Like the competition then became. I think it depended on the t- on the artist. Yeah. But like I, I know people like Iggy, the MC5, Alice Cooper they felt a kindred like connection with cream and they know that they could, you know, 
take take a jab and give one back and know that cream would bounce back and so would they. So I think they just developed a much more intimate relationship. Whereas over at Rolling Stone, um, I had some some people share uh, Jan included who wrote for Rolling Stone online for several years and um, the the management over there uh, it was a little bit more pay to play. I mean, that's sort of why Lester was canned as a contributor was because he was being disrespectful to artists that were probably buying out ads. So whereas they were trying to do the prim, polished, commercialized kind of kind of thing, Cream was doing the exact opposite. They didn't care if you bought an ad in their paper. Um, so I, I always admired that, too. And I've tried to bring that spirit to Metro Times, even though it has burned me a few times. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you mentioned that the magazine was, you know, the, the writers there was this me as well, our Me First journalism at that time. Um, did that, has that influenced you going back and reading these old issues of Cream as a, as a music writer? I feel at home when I read Cream because I, again, I, I grew up, uh, I, w- I went to several rock shows in utero. My first concert was Iggy Pop, uh, followed by the Ramones, and my mom was very pregnant. Uh, I was born into uh, a universe where rock and roll was the thing. Um, but how, I, unfortunately I was too young to pour into these issues until I got older and discovered almost famous. I will admit that's how I discovered cream, uh, <laughs> like many in my generation, but I didn't know that you could make money, let alone talk to these people that you admire and create. I, I didn't know that that existed until really understanding cream and its history and, and how it paved the way for people like me to embed myself in a story when appropriate. It's, it doesn't always fit. And, and they recognize that as well. I mean, Jan went on tour with Led Zeppelin and wrote about that. Obviously you're going to put yourself in that story. Um, so I mean, I didn't know it existed and I'm so glad it did because I don't know that this would be an acceptable form of journalism or a respected form of, you know, writing if not for those people. The nine days of Kid Rock concerts that oh, you and actually went t- to today actually for the Metro Times today actually happened. marks the five and three year anniversary <laughs> of me embarking on those journeys. So yeah, that that really inspired me and continues to inspire me because I know that there's a place for it and it and, and especially the work of someone like Jan who was one of the first pioneering you know female rock journalists and getting on stage with Kiss. I'm like, yeah, that's that's badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So we've talked about the the way Cream, you know, challenged rock journalism at that time, the way it helped birth, you know, punk rock by featuring artists and by just its attitude in general. So in now 51 years later, after the beginning of the publication of Cream, what do you think, how do you see it influencing today, music writing? I think people are going to recognize kind of... uh, the importance of telling the truth no matter... If it, if it hurts your feelings or not. I feel like we have, I'm not going to be one of those people that say we've grown too sensitive, but in the terms of rock journalism and uh, criticism, I feel like there could be a little bit more cream in today. And I, I hope that by people, maybe whether you're a cream virgin or a cream devotee and you see this documentary and you learn a little bit more about uh, what happened behind the scenes and, and just how much they did for us to get to where we are as you know music writers, um, I hope that people take some of those uh, those findings and use them. And I hope that publications continue to allow uh, their writers to put themselves in the story because I think that just adds a second layer and it proves that you're not like you're not kissing ass, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's really important. 
Yeah. We are talking to Geraldine Jordan from the Metro Times. Her story, the cover story in this week's issue is Quaaludes, Misfits, and Spilled Milk, a new doc about the made in Detroit rock mad cream is finally here. And that documentary that we've been talking about, the sort of revisioning of Boy Howdy, Cream, America's Only Rock and Roll Magazine Day, uh, is released this Friday, this Friday, August 7th. Go to MetroTimes.com to read the story. Thank you so much, Geraldine. Thank you. All right. Well, it's 1969, okay. 